Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me, if you would, again tonight to John's Gospel. And let's look again at John chapter 14. We ended to this morning in John 16, but I want to go back to John 14. Glory to God. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse number 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, there's a good test. <laughs> there's a good There's a good. Uh, barometer right there do you really love him he said keep my commandments glory to God and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper glory to God that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth praise God the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Oh, glory to God. Church, I want you to know you know him. Don't ever feel like you don't know the spirit. Don't ever let the devil put that into your mind. Well, you know, you know, other people, they just seem to know the spirit so well and so sensitive to the spirit. But, you know, I I just don't seem to uh, be able to detect or sense God's presence. You stop talking like that. Amen. Jesus said, you know him. Well, if they knew him, how much more do we know him? For you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I tell you what, that's been turning over on the inside of me all afternoon. He dwells with you, but he shall be in you. Glory to God. We sang tonight, if God is for us, if God is with us. But that song stopped short of New Testament theology. The Old Testament had God with them and God for them. But only under the new covenant is God in us. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Some of you folks in the music department need to write a new verse to that song. Bring it up to date. Amen. Well, of course, the New Testament does say that if God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah, but it doesn't just stop there. He's not just for us, he's in us. Amen. Let's look at some, some scriptures that, that bring that to bear. Go with me over to 1 Corinthians, and let's look at the 6th chapter. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 19. Do you not know... Some people forget. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? I saw a picture on, on, online of a big old, big old, big guy. He said, yeah, my body's simple, the Holy Ghost. I believe I'm a mega church. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Do you not know that your body is the temple 
of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Glory to God. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Glory to God. When, when the Holy Spirit came in, he took possession. You are, you are, you have an owner. You are not your own. You do not report to your own mind. You certainly don't get up in the morning and say, now body, here I am, I report to you. (laughs) You are not your own. You're bought with a price, he says, amen? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God's. Your spirit belongs to God, but so does your body. Amen. It matters what you do with this temple. Because it's not just any ordinary place. It's a place where God has chosen to live. You know, some things we read so often, we, we fail to, to really understand the significance. Do you not know that your body is the temple of God? The temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Oh, glory to God. Go over with me. There's another scripture that comes to mind. Go to the eighth chapter of Romans. Eighth chapter of Romans. Verse number nine says, but you are not in the flesh. That simply means that you're not living with your flesh in charge. You don't report to your flesh. Amen. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So, well, I don't feel like I'm in the spirit. Well, he says, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, if the spirit of God dwells in you, your point of orientation is the spirit. If the spirit dwells in you, that's where you live from. If the spirit, if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and if you're born again, he's in you. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, he is the dominant force in your life. Now your flesh will try to assert itself and, and, and try to remain the dominant force that it used to be. But over in the sixth chapter of Romans, Paul said, be constantly counting on the fact. Amen. Be constantly counting on the fact that old old man died. Glory to God. That the sin control of the flesh would be broken. Praise God. We should no longer serve it. But we should walk in newness of life. As a matter of fact, there's, there's, there's a... Uh, a translation of that that I ran across in one verse the other day that was just, well, it's been a few weeks ago, but it'll fit right here. Hallelujah. Yeah, in verse number eight, Romans 6, 8. Now, don't lose your place in chapter eight. I know it's a long ways off. Romans 6, 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. 
I, I would always read, read that, that verse and it would leave me a little disappointed. It, it seemed to be not fulfilled. In other words, in other words it, it seemed to say, if we died with Christ, then the rest of that we're going to have later. We believe that we will also live with him. But I, I was just meditating on that and I was looking at, at uh, uh, a Greek commentary that went into some, some depth there. And it says here where it says we will live with him. In the Greek, it literally says we will live by means of him. Now think about that. We will live by means of him. She so said it that way. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live by means of him. Oh, there's the secret right there. Living by means of him. Well, how do you do that? You do that by living in surrender to the one who's on the inside who came to take his place. So go back to chapter 8. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Everybody say that. I'm not in the flesh. Say this. I'm in the spirit. I declare I'm in the spirit. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what I look like. And sometimes I'm not happy with how I act. But I'm in the spirit. God said I'm in the spirit. The spirit is the dominant force. He's the, he's the orientation of our life. We live by means of Christ. He goes on to say, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Notice in the same verse, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of God and then the spirit of Christ. It's the same Holy Spirit. Now, the spirit of Christ, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. The designation of the Holy Spirit as the spirit of Christ is very important. Because in the new birth, the Holy Spirit comes in to take the place of the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes into our life to be in us everything Jesus could be if he was here with us. And indeed more than even Jesus could be. Even if Jesus was here in the flesh and we didn't have the Holy Spirit in us, we would be at a deficit. We would be missing out. That's why Jesus said, it's critically important that I go because if I don't go, the Spirit can't come. Like I said this morning, I, I, a lot of times we think, well, you know, the Spirit came because Jesus left. No, Jesus left so the Spirit could come. It's a different perspective. So even if he was here in the flesh, he could not be for us and accomplish as much for us and be as, as much a help to us as this helper is because this helper's on the inside. Glory to God. At some point, you'd have to leave Jesus and go home. But we're never without him. It says he will never leave you. You know him. He dwells with you and shall be in you and he'll be with you and in you forever. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Now, now let's go on. Now let's go back to verse 9. We're going to go into verse 10 here in just a minute. Then we might even get into 11. You are not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit dwells in you. 
Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So this means everyone who belongs to Christ must have the spirit of Christ in them. He's in there. So, so in the new birth, the Holy Spirit comes as the spirit of Christ. And in that sense, he comes in the name of Christ. He doesn't come in his own name. What I mean by that is in the baptism with the Holy Spirit, there's another dimension of experience and another dimension of, of, of uh, the, the, the depth or degree of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he more or, or less, you could say it like this, comes in his own name. In other words, he comes in his own ministry. And so that's why there's so much emphasis in the New Testament of, of being filled with the Spirit. He comes to fill us, and as he fills us, he empowers us to do the works of Christ, to be a great witness. And so in that sense, if you can understand what I'm saying, uh, 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 how I'm saying this, he comes in, his, in the fullness of his own ministry to bring that, the, that boldness and that power to make us uh, 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 magnificent, mighty witnesses for Christ. But in the new birth, he comes to represent Christ as the spirit of Christ. Do you see what I'm talking about, the difference? Ooh, glory. And if Christ is in you, now wait a minute, he's not even talking, nowhere in this chapter. I mean, you go back all the ways up to in these verses in the previous chapter. Nowhere did he say anything about Christ being in you. That's not even under discussion. So he just, he just if, you're not, if you're not thinking, just like he just threw a concept out there they hadn't even been talking about. But you see, Christ is in you by the Spirit of Christ in you. Do you see that? The Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Well, we are his, so we have the spirit of Christ. So therefore, Christ is in us. He's in us. That's the Lord Jesus Christ as a person is at the Father's right hand. So the only way he's in us is through the Holy Spirit. Christ is in us, and he's here tonight. He's not only in us, he's among us. Glory to God. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. But if, verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Glory to God. He'll impart life. He will infuse life into your mortal bodies. Now, 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 now traditional, you know, there's that part of the church they're always talking about what's gonna be. In the sweet by and by, when, it, when we all get over yonder and all of our pain and toil is behind and all of our tears have been shed, in the sweet by and by, it's going to be wonderful. And they think that's what this is talking about. That one day, our dead bodies, 
He will put life into our dead bodies and raise us up. That's not what he's talking about. Because a mortal body isn't a dead body. A dead body's dead. A mortal body is a, is a living body that's subject to death. Our mortal bodies are subject to physical death because they haven't been changed yet. We haven't, we haven't received our glorified bodies. That's going to happen at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he appears, glory to God, to catch away the church, the, the Bible says that the, that the dead in Christ are going to come out of the ground and we who are alive and remain are going to be changed. Amen. Well, until that time, our bodies are mortal. So this isn't talking about a dead body. This is talking about a mortal body. This is talking about right now. He who, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. I couldn't be talking about uh, a, a person who's gone home to be with the Lord. Because the book of James says that, that the body without spirit is dead. Well, when the, when the body dies, the spirit leaves. This is talking about somebody that has the spirit in him now. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also impart life. Quicken, make alive your mortal bodies. He'll drive out every, every symptom, every sickness, every pain, every sorrow, everything that's not of the glory of God. That life will come in and, and rejuvenate and make your body alive. Glory to God. Woo! Through his spirit who dwells in you. Glory to God. Where in the world were we? Let's go back to John. <laughs> we were talking about the fact that he's in us. Well, that, it's, that's all in line here. He's in us, praise God. Oh, glory to God. Let's go back to verse 17. The spirit of truth. Aren't you glad you have the spirit of truth? Aren't you glad you can come to church and somebody else has the spirit of truth too? <laughs> and maybe the preacher can say something you haven't thought of. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I heard Charles Capps one time many, many years ago. I don't remember where I was. But I, I think, I know he came to, uh, to Rama when I was there and, and, and ministered for a week. So it might have been during that week. But I, I know I remember him saying this. He said, pay very close attention to what the Holy Spirit says about what I say. As a preacher. He said, because what the Holy Spirit says to you about what I say is more important than what I say. <laughs> and that's the wonderful thing of the anointing. That's the wonderful thing of us coming together in a spirit of unity, in one accord, in God's presence. Because we know we were called here for a purpose, for a reason. Because he wants to impart things to us. And so the Holy Spirit can take something that I say and just ring your chimes. I mean, just something go off on the inside of you. you know, oh, glory to God. Now, and then it just starts connecting the dots and, and uh, the birds start singing. Praise God. I mean, you know, everything aligns. Isn't that right? Have you experienced that before? Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> oh, glory. <clears throat> The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Well, we've, 
we've scratched the surface of that. Started to say we've covered that, but we haven't. We've just scratched the surface of that. I want to get down to, I've just said all that. I've been trying to get down to verse 18 since I got up here. Verse number 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans. I said this morning when I read that, it just come up out of my spirit. There's a whole lot more there we need to get into. I will not leave you orphans. Glory to God. Now, let's explore that. We know when he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Now, the older King James said another comforter. <clears throat> this word that's translated helper and comforter in the original Greek, <clears throat> it's the word parakletos. Paracle, parak, par, excuse me, parakletos. It's the best way to say it, parakletos. Parakletos. Now you say, why do you say that? Well, how many of you know what the word agape means? Does anybody know what the Greek word agape means? If you do, raise your hand. A lot of people do, nearly everybody. The, the Greek word agape, that's the word for love. Yeah. Well, you know, there are just certain Greek words that are important. Because, they're, they, because they, they speak of such important things. Does anybody know what the Greek word sozo means? If you do, raise your head. Or raise it up high. I can't even hardly see. Four people, six people. How about soteria? Did, how many people ever listen to me? <laughs> the word sozo is a verb, and the word soteria is a noun, and it's derived from that verb, and it's to save and salvation. Soteria is the word for salvation, and the word sozo is to save, and it's also the word that's translated heal. Because the, the Greek word for salvation, you've heard me say this a hundred times, at least, <laughs> implies the ideas of safety, healing, preservation, soundness, and so that's that word, soteria. Well, there's just some words, you don't need to know a bunch of words, but there's some words you ought to know because they're so important. Does anybody know what the word ecclesia means? Well, thank God, because I have been talking about that in the last two years. It's the word for the church. It's important that we know some of these things. Amen. Well, the word parakletos might be a little hard for you to say, but parakletos is the word for the comfort. It's the, it's the word that's translated the helper or the comforter. Parakletos. And it's such a powerful word. Just like when you say the word agape, the reason you would say agape when you're not a Greek-speaking person, you're an English-speaking person, the only, word, the only reason you would say it is because the love of God is so much greater than any other kind of love. So when you say agape, you know you're not talking about earthly love, common love, what the world calls love. You're talking about God's love. Amen. When you talk about, when, when I think about the word sozo, I, I, I'm not talking about being saved from, from uh, uh, you know, uh, getting a ticket or something, driving down the road. I know I'm talking about divine salvation, being saved by God. Well, this word is so important 
because it actually has a, there's seven different meanings that go along with this word, parakletos. The first, of course, is the, is the word comforter. Praise God. There's, the word means comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. All of that is in this word. Jesus said, I'll leave, but I'm going away. The, the, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby won't come. He can't come, but if I leave, he can come. Praise God. Glory to God. We'll, we'll skip the comforter in just a minute. We'll come by. I just have a sense we need to come back to that. The second one is counselor. You have a counselor in you. I said, you have a counselor in you. A counselor is an advisor in any area. A counselor is an advisor in any area. What, what, what does, what does, uh, what's another term for, for an attorney? Counselor. The judge says, counselor, approach the bench. Sometimes when I'm talking to our church uh, attorney, I'll, I'll call him counselor. Because it, 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 it brings out the fact that he's an advisor in, in, in areas that I know nothing about. He has expertise in a particular area that he can give counsel. And I trust his counsel. Because he is uniquely qualified in this area of expertise. In this area of, of, of specialty. He knows exactly how to give counsel. And I say, well, what about this situation? Should we do this or that? No, I wouldn't advise that. He's, he gives counsel. Well, the Holy Spirit is, a, is a, 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 an expert in every area. He knows the law. He knows medicine. He knows everything. He knows everything about your situation. He knows everything about what you need. Ooh, glory to God. We have a counselor. Now, I'm not, now, what I'm about to say is we need to depend on the counselor, not somebody else all the time. Now, that, the Bible teaches for us that, that we should pray for one another and, and encourage one another. So I'm not saying that there's not a balance to this. But too often, Christians are always looking for somebody else to give them the word when they have the counselor on the inside. Now, certainly... If the counselor is in you, in your brothers and sisters all around, they have the same counselor, then what he, what the Holy Spirit, how he counsels you is going to be how they would counsel you if they're listening to the counselor. See, the danger is, on, on, the, on, on the extreme side of what I'm saying, I'm saying go to the counselor, but the, the other extreme side of that in, the, in getting into the ditch are, are people who say, well, I've heard from God and I know God told me, but none of your friends, it, it doesn't bear witness with any of your brothers and sisters in Christ. They look at you like, listen, if anybody, if, if, you're, if you're brothers and sisters, somebody that knows God, that you respect their walk from God, with God, if they ever say, Really? You need to go back and check up on your counsel. Hey, man, if somebody you know, that you know and you have confidence that they, that they have a walk with God and their life, their life is a testimony of 
balance and wisdom, and you can see the hand of God, and you can see the, 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 uh, uh, the experience they have, and the witness they have, and they look at you with that cocked eyebrow, really? Hmm. That, that, ought, to, that ought to cause you to, to think about it. Amen. Because you're not the only one that has the counselor. But at the same time, we ought to look to the one on the inside. And see, when you look to the one on the inside, when you go to the counselor in, in, in every situation in life, in every need, you look to the counselor on the inside. And he will counsel you according to this. Now, if you don't spend a lot of time in this, it's, it's harder for him to counsel you. My attorney can only speak to me in legal baby talk. Sometimes he sends me things to sign and I look at it. What? Because I, I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't have those law books in my library. I don't, I'm not used to reading what he reads. So you have to, you have to read God's book in order to understand his counsel. Because he's going to counsel you out of here. Amen. But look to him. Feed on the word of God. Walk in the light of the word of God. Let the word of God be your mainstay. Let it be your foundation in life. Let it be the thing that you love and that you seek after and that you carve out time for every day to spend in this holy written word. And then when a need arises and a question comes, that counselor can take that word and, and bring it to you and bring to your remembrance, like Jesus said, everything that's in there. Glory to God. See, when you get it that way, and then you share with your brothers and sisters in Christ, they'll go, Oh, glory to God. Yeah, amen. That bears witness with me. Yes, brother, I think you're on the right track. Glory to God. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. The counselor is an advisor in every area. Amen. He, the, Jesus said he will guide you into all truth. Praise the Lord. He's the helper. Skip number one. Number two is the counselor. Number three, he's the helper. And like I said this morning, most Greek commentaries, they say that if, that if he had to pick one of these seven words, most modern translators will say that the word helper best encompasses what this word means. A helper, and in the Greek, it, it, it refers to someone who has been called alongside to take the load with you. He's the helper. He's not, he's going to help you. He's not going to do everything for you. He's going to help you. Amen. I had somebody come to my office years ago, years and years ago. They knocked on my door one night real late. This is when we were in, in, in High Springs in the old building, and I was down there late on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And I was sitting at my desk studying, and I heard this tap on the door. And this man I opened the door, and this man came in. And... Uh, he, he, he brought his, his, his wife in, and he had this, this child that was awful. I mean, the kid was just, just in a few minutes, wouldn't tear my office completely up. The kid was completely out of control. And this man said, 
Well, you know, I know he's, he's, he's a handful, but we've given him to God. And I said, well, friend, God didn't take him. You ought to see that. You ought to be able to tell that right now. If you've given him to God, God said God's hands off of him. So that doesn't work. God gave him to you. Well, I gave him to God. No, God gave him to you. You're the one that's supposed to beat his butt. Beat the living daylights out of him until he straightens out. That's the Bible. may not be popular, but it's popular with people who know God. Amen. That's why I have such wonderful children. Because we beat the living daylights out of them. And that's why they have such good children too, because they beat the living daylights out of them. Aren't you glad? (laughs) It's not many things any more distressful than than to have some other person's child ruin your day. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm going about as far as I need to go there. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. He will help you is the point I'm making. He's not going to raise your children for you. He'll help you. He's not going to control your flesh for you. He'll help you. Praise the Lord. He's a helper. The next two, which would be number four and five, are really need to be taken together. He's our intercessor and our advocate. He's our intercessor in the sense that he's the one who helps us pray. For we know not what to pray for, Romans 8 says, as we should. Oh, glory to God. But we have a helper on the inside who takes hold together with us and helps us to make intercession for the saints according to the the will of God. Oh, my goodness. What a help the Holy Spirit is in prayer. Thank God for the name of Jesus that gives us access in prayer. But oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit who energizes us and inspires us to pray supernaturally. Oh, there's so much difference between natural praying and spiritual praying. Natural praying and Holy Ghost praying. Helper praying, praise God. Praying by the anointing of the Holy Ghost can with precision take you right in to address that situation in the realm of the Spirit far beyond anything you know or understand. It's God's language flowing out of you. Oh, glory to God. He's the helper in intercession. He's our intercessor and our advocate. He's our advocate. He helps us plead the case of others. Now, we have an advocate at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, the Bible says, is our advocate. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father on your behalf to plead your case with the Father. But the Holy Spirit energizes you to plead on behalf of someone else in prayer. Sometimes, I've I've been guilty of it, so, you know, He's who is without stone or without sin cast the first stone. I've been guilty of this before where somebody's need arose and the first thing that came out of my mind was, well, they're just getting what they deserve. 
I mean, after all, they sowed it and they're reaping it. Well, that's true. That's spiritual law. And, and you, can't, you can't completely overcome that for somebody. But you can be their advocate before God. You can, you can go before the Lord in prayer and, and, and uh, supplication as well as intercession. And stand in the gap for that person. Job said, I, I, I wish there was someone in the middle that could lay a hand on me and a hand on God. Well, all of us, none of us need a middle person until we need a middle person. (laughs) There are times in life when all of us need help. There are times in life when, many times, when we don't deserve an answer. We don't deserve deliverance. We've sown the wrong things and, 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 and... And if we get our just dessert, our just reward, then it's going to be terrible. But the Holy Spirit comes in and helps you be the advocate for that person and put a hand on them and put a hand on God and bring them together. Glory to God. That's a powerful ministry of the Spirit. And it's what what keeps our body and our fellowship so important. Because when people are not When people are not in fellowship, when people are not in fellowship in a local church, it's easy for the enemy to take them further and further away. Amen. Sometimes you you will meet, say, a friend that you once knew maybe a long time ago, and and, and you and, and this person maybe went to church together. And you had wonderful fellowship together around the things of God. And you, and you were in, in uh, a similar flow and walk with God. And then you don't, you don't see this person for many years. And then you find this person again. And, and, and when they start talking to you, you think, oh, my Lord, what has happened to you? Where in the world did you get those crazy ideas? Where in the world did you get that strange doctrine? What in the world has happened to you? How did you get to you? You've had the, have you ever had those thoughts go through your mind? You're talking to somebody and you go, oh my goodness. When, when you're not in fellowship, usually that, ha- now usually that happens when someone has stopped going to church. Someone who used to be in, in a good church with, a, with a, an anointed pastor and, a, and, and the company of the saints around a, a good Bible-believing, Bible-speaking, and, and church where, where the Holy Spirit is honored and worship is, is given its place and, and, and so forth, they get out of that. They'll, they'll let little, little things separate them. I'm amazed. I'm, I, I never cease to be amazed at some of the trivial things that people will allow to separate them from their church. They get offended or get... Lifted up in pride or something. You don't want to listen to anybody because they know everything. And again, if they just run some of those things that they're, that they're perceiving by somebody else, somebody would, their brother and sister would say, now, wait a minute. Uh, you, you, need to, you need to go talk to pastor. You, I don't, that doesn't sound right to me. Be bold enough to help your brother and sister. When you see them erring, be care enough to say something. Don't just shrug your shoulder and say, well, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. 
That's not walking in. I, you know, I, I don't want to offend them. I want to walk in love. Yeah, just go ahead and walk in love and let them backslide. That's, that's really walking in love. No, be willing to speak to them and say, now, wait a minute. That's not, that's not biblical. And if you don't know whether it's biblical or not, you can just say like we were talking about this morning, yeah, but that doesn't sit right with the inside of me. That same spirit that I received, that we both received when we, when we were born again and in when, when, all of those years we've been in church and we worshiped the Lord together and, and, and we had the witness of, of that same Jesus on the inside. This is a different spirit. This is coming from somewhere else. Be willing to tell somebody that. That is love. But then you find somebody years later and they've gotten so off and so extreme. How did that happen? You check it out. Most of the time they stop going to church because something offended them or they got lifted up in pride or one thing or another. Well, praise the Lord. It happens. Amen. And in a case like this, God doesn't give up on them. God will lay it on your heart. To be an intercessor and an advocate. And go before God on their behalf. Praise the Lord. Strengthener. We've talked about it already a little bit. This word strengthen means to quicken. To make alive. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will make alive. Impart life to your physical body. Your mortal body. Through that spirit. His spirit who dwells in you. He'll quicken your, your physical body, but it'll also quicken your spirit. Quicken the inward man. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Paul prayed that we would receive might and by the power of his spirit in the inward man. We need that. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit's here to do it. And stand by. I like that. The seventh, seventh meaning of, of the word Paracletos is a standby. You know, a, something that's standing by is something that, that's on tap when you need it. You don't always need it, but you know that it's there. When, when we built our, our house, we, we bought a standby generator. And it's comforting to know that regardless of what happens to the electricity, we have standby power. And we bought a big enough one that when the power goes out, that thing kicks on, it'll run everything in our house. It'll run our air conditioner. It'll run our, our washing machine and dryer and the oven and all the lights. and fan, Everything in the house, the TV, all at one time. Won't even put a drag on it. Won't even weight it down. It's just sitting there standby. And in, in fact, since we've been in this house, I've been a little disappointed. We haven't lost power more than we have. <laughs> Huh? A couple of times, in, in just for a few minutes, the power's gone out. It takes, how long does it take it? About 20 seconds, something to come on. And, and the power will go off and the lights will go out. And, and we just look at each other and smile. All right. Our standby's got it covered. Well, there are times in life when it, when it feels like the lights just went out. And, 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 and you're suddenly plunged in the darkness. Just know there's a standby that's getting ready to kick in. Glory to God. And he's going to turn the lights back on in your life and put you back in the cool place. Glory to God. Back in the comfort zone. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Like I said, I've been a little bit, little bit disappointed. Now, not for my neighbor's sake. 
Because I know they don't want their lights to go out, but I kind of liked it to happen more. <laughs> Praise God. Spent a lot of money on that thing. I want it to work. Praise God. But you know what happens? Every Saturday afternoon at 6.05 p.m., every Saturday afternoon at 6.05 I'll be sitting in my, usually at that time I'm in my study and the generator's on that side of the house, don't want on the side where my bedroom is. And that thing will, will kick on. It's scheduled to come on every Saturday afternoon and it runs for five minutes. That doesn't turn the lights out, it just comes on in an idle state, but the whole, and it runs diagnostics on itself so that it stays healthy and ready to work. Well, we need to build ourselves up on our most holy faith even when we don't need the power. Even when, the, when, when we're not need, in need of the standby. We need to keep him online. We need to let him exercise. We need to give him place in our lives and pray in the Holy Ghost and keep that thing charged. Glory to God. Keep our inward man charged. Hallelujah. Amen. So that when the lights go out, we're not... Looking everywhere, what are we going to do? Because that thing runs every week when the lights go out, my wife and I are absolutely confident this is only going to take a few seconds. Glory to God. Amen. Now let's get back to the word comforter. We'll close with this. I've been up here nearly long enough. <laughs> the word comforter carries the, carries the idea of a medicine applied to relieve irritation. Medicine applied to relieve irritation. Ever been irritated? <laughs> he will comfort you. Glory to God. And this goes back, and we'll, we'll go back to John 14 again. I will not leave you orphans. I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. Do, do, does anybody have their shouting shoes on tonight? If you, if you don't, you probably need to kick off those old shoes you're wearing so you can shout. Hallelujah. This is the amplified version, the amplified classic version. It said, I will ask the Father. This is John 14, 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. Now drop down to verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, or helpless, I will come back to you. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. This is the end. This is the end of sorrow. This is the end of grief. This is the end of being uh, forlorn. Listen, you've not been left alone. We're not bereaved. Glory to God. Jesus said he's coming back. Glory to God. And when he comes in, he's coming in as a, as a, as a helper. And you're not an orphan anymore. You're not on your own anymore. Glory to God. No need to have a tear falling from your eyes unless it's in worship to the Lord. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus said, I'm leaving boys, but listen, you are not going to be on your own. Glory to God. No, you won't. He said, when that day comes, you won't be crying over me anymore. You won't be saying, oh Lord, where did the Lord go? Glory to God. He said, because you will have the comforter on the inside and you'll not feel like an orphan. You will not be forlorn. Woo. Hallelujah. Get thrilled with the Holy Spirit. 
Become acquainted with him on the inside. All that we're saying here, all that we're saying here, except the little bit we said about the, about the intercessor and advocate, that has to do with praying in other tongues. But, but uh, uh, the rest of all that we're saying belongs to you, and it was yours the day you were born again, before you were ever filled with the Spirit. Oh, my. As Pentecostal people, we, we, we jump over a lot of things to get to the power when we don't realize that how much is in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.